0: In 2021, the federal chief data officers settled into their jobs. This as the Biden administration's management agenda called for better agency stewardship, program evaluation and service to the citizen. All of it requires both data and federal employee data literacy. For a review and what to expect in 2022, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Jory, let's start with chief data officers themselves. What are they supposed to do?
1: Well, at a baseline level, they're supposed to improve the data maturity of their organizations. They're supposed to make their workforces more data proficient. And really, at the end of the day, make sure that agency executives have actionable data at their fingertips, that when agency executives have questions about how they're performing on mission items, that these chief data officers are able to say, well, this is what the data says of how we're doing.
0: All right. And the Biden administration's priorities mentioned data, mentioned CDOs quite a bit. What can we expect this year from CDOs and carrying out those priorities?
1: Yeah, well, the Biden administration has specifically called out chief data officers in a number of recent executive orders. Executive orders on diversity, equity, inclusion and accessibility, as well as climate change and and looking at the emissions and reducing the emissions from federal buildings and vehicles, as well as COVID recovery, checking to make sure how the country is recovering economically and health wise from the pandemic. And more recently with customer experience, you know, making sure that the public is able to get to the
0: services that agencies are providing. All right. And there was a public meeting of the Chief Data Officers Council this year, and you reported on that. What will they be doing this year? What are the council's priorities to make sure that they can stay effective in helping agencies with all of these different initiatives?
1: One big theme of what Chief Data Officers have done this year is that they've made an effort to make data actionable. This is not an academic exercise that you put in an paper you know from 2 years ago and you you get the results then this is something that they want in real time and case in point chief data officers on this council. They stood up COVID-19 dashboards, dashboards that were essential to agencies making decisions about reopening. This is something that agencies had, like the IRS, for whether it was safe in particular field offices to bring people back. Something like HHS and tracking the bed availability in hospitals, as well as the State Department tracking COVID breakthroughs in other countries. And so this is not an academic exercise by any means. This is something that's very real time for them.
0: In many ways, this is an enormous catch-up for the federal government. I remember meeting with the CEO of a large electronics distributor 35 years ago, and he showed me on his screen how he can tell what the daily shipments are, what the demand looks like, what the backlogs and orders are, just from his screen in his office. It was probably a green screen type of presentation. But this kind of actionable data has been available. It seems like the government is the last to the party here. In some way, this
1: work has already been done in some pockets of government for a long time, case in point to what you're saying. Uh, but this is really formalizes that community in a lot of ways. There's someone whose title has data in it. The, the buck stops with them in some regard, and they are formalizing a lot of these processes. In a lot of agencies, it's kind of like you had to know the right person to know where that data was. And that's kind of the challenge, just because just of the data, you have it if you can't find it, it doesn't do anyone any good. And so that is a huge part of the CDO role to make sure that everyone has equal access to this data and can actually do something with it.
0: We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, and there's a federal data strategy. There's laws enabling that. How does that all fit in here? And how does that all mesh with the Biden administration priorities that mentioned data and CDOs? I mean, there's an architecture to all this, right? Right. Yeah. So the federal data strategy, the CDO's got a lot done
1: under that in 2020. Basic things like doing inventories of the data that agencies have, you know, doing an assessment of the workforce and seeing how data competent they are. As far as the year ahead, we're going to see things like agencies working together on this, you know, One big action item for 2021 that we'll actually see play out more of next year is the Agriculture Department and the Interior Department looking at data on wildfires. Seeing Here's where it is. How can we prevent future wildfires and the severity of wildfires just by looking at the data and also artificial intelligence across government? It's the kind of thing that only works well if you have huge inventories of data that's structured in such a way and is of a certain quality. And so that is another big priority for CDOs that we're going to see in
0: 2022. That all sounds well and good, but CDOs have to get dominion over the data sources that are often husbanded by the people that generated them. That's an issue. What are some of the challenges that CDOs saw? What do they expect as challenges in the coming year? You're right about the permissions on data. That's a big challenge that is going to persist for some time. Another big
1: thing, we mentioned the workforce in terms of getting that snapshot of how good the agency workforce is with data. That is a huge priority to hire more people at the high-end level of data scientists and across the board improve the data literacy of the workforce, you know, a lot of people who are not data scientists are the ones who are producing the most data on a day-to-day basis as far as just general administrative work. So, on those two ends, we've seen you know a government-wide hiring initiative for the data scientists. Uh, that has worked very well under a process where subject matter experts, the data experts, are embedded in the hiring process. It's not just HR figuring that out. And we're going to see that play out more and more in the years to come. And in terms of the rank and file, we've seen a lot of reskilling efforts. Uh, The Census Bureau really kind of was the first agency to go in that regard in terms of making sure that employees across the board have that baseline data competency.
0: Well, data competency, whatever that is, I mean, isn't the real challenge knowing what answers you need to know whether your program is effective. It's easy to say, well, my spend rate matches my budget rate, so I'm doing great. I got a trillion dollars this year. I have it zero at the end of the year. I did great. But the efficacy and effectiveness of programs, it's really not a data science matter. It starts with a program person that understands what it is that's telling me whether my program is any good or not, and then finding the data that will give me that picture.
1: Yeah. And that's why half this work also comes down on chief evaluation officers. They are also a new addition for many agencies as well as CDOs. And they kind of share this responsibility in a lot of ways, the data officers control the data but the evaluation officers are asking those big open-ended questions of you know performance and and whether they're really moving the needle when it comes to programs and if they're having the intended effect you know for such a long time agencies were very good at tracking inputs and outputs. We got this amount of money and we gave out this many loans, or we helped this many households recover from natural disasters, but never the question above that of, well, you know, did everyone benefit from that program the way we expected to?
0: All right. So then, management information systems, MIS, and program analysts, those are the words of yesterday, giving way to chief data officers and program evaluation. Same job, new title. All right, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. And be sure to check out his ongoing coverage now and in the future here at federalnewsnetwork.com.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral.
3: And they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea.
2: Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, we, WAPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is, is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them.
3: I totally and, agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do.
2: Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely.